Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus. He went to Hawaii, but now he's back to the 48. LV Nevada mother truckers, get it straight. He's locked and loaded with holiday cheer. That's why he's on the radio show right here, Charette. Yes, I'm here. Mm. That was beautiful. Thank mm. you so much, Doc G, for the awesome intro. Yeah, always I, great. I had to edit it a little bit. I kept I <laughs> kept playing with the first line. I was okay. like, now he's back to the 48, or now he's back in the 48, <laughs> and it just wasn't flowing. I still feel like I could have made it better if we were. L- <laughs> If we were laying that track down in the studio, I would have polished it a little bit more. But it's okay. It's okay. How's, Sounded great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how uh, are you energized from your trip? Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, nice. feel very. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I I gotta say, Mike, that place you were riding bikes, I saw on your on mm. your social media there. Yeah. Uh, that looked cool. Yeah, uh, it was nice. <laughs> it was like a tunnel of plants. It was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it was like a weird mangrove cave. I mean that uh, that seemed like a place to get away right there. It was, yeah, it was. I mean, but uh, not a safe place to film social media as that hill was very steep. I should not have been uh, very recording anything. Huh? <laughs> yeah, while I was doing that, yeah, very dangerous. Yeah, hey, I didn't. That's weird. I didn't even <laughs> notice that it was like a hill when I was watching it. I was just yeah. like, oh, that's that's why. I, I guess the the mangroves were playing too much of a. A mind trick on me. I don't know. Yeah, they do that in real life too. We were when we were going up, and I was like, "This seems difficult to get up. I wonder <laughs> how crazy this is going to be riding down." And then, it was it was crazier than I thought. I was about to say then <laughs> then you look from the side, and it was just like a ninety degree angle, and you're like, "That is straight up. <laughs> yeah. Wow, jeez, oh, that was hard. No wonder. Yeah, you know, that yeah. had to be tough. There weren't any gears on those bikes, were there? No, there wasn't. It was mm. just the reverse pedal brake. Yeah, whatever. I love it. The the traditional <laughs> Which I actually kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only bike I go with, Mike. That's it, man. <laughs> that's it. I have a dream of one day, like you know, going to the Tour de France and riding the whole thing with a beach cruiser, <laughs> and just. I mean, it may take me like quadruple the time, but I'm going to just ride. People will be like, oh, here comes the last place guy. (laughs) And I'll just have my flip flops on and my beach cruiser and be like, hey, hey, it's a good ride out in the country, everybody. (laughs) Anyways, um, Mike, I'm glad you're energized. It is the last show of the year. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, it's a good thing because that means next year's show is right around the corner. That's right. And that's, you know, and we got to celebrate this year of great things. And Mike, because I'm a negative Nancy, I'm going to tell you uh, something that doesn't get me psyched about the holidays first. That's that's what I'm going to, I need to get this off the chest because it's been annoying me a little bit. Uh, And it always annoys me a little bit in the holidays. (laughs) And that's the over-dramatized commercials of the holidays. That's a fact. <laughs> they annoy Please. me. 
right? Please share your examples. I would love to hear that. I well, I you you know the example, <laughs> like the, like the Coke commercial. You know, like Coke commercial. Not like the bears, because the bears are all right. The polar bears are mm-hmm. fine. It's like the ones where it's like some family, and like uh, one of the family members is left out because you know whatever they're. I don't know. Mm. They they failed school or something. I who knows what happened to them. But they're sad, and like the grandma sees them being sad. She comes over and does her grandma thing, and they're like, oh, and then they open up a Coke together. And everybody in the family's happy, and you're like, "What a crock!" Like, just like, (laughs) I mean, just like, come on, like, we all know that if that commercial were like real, it should just be some sad fat guy in his apartment alone eating leftover takeout from the night before, (laughs) drinking a coke, and you're like, yeah. Might as well. You don't have anything better to do. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's not this happy celebration. It's just, yeah. it's all overdone. And I mentioned it in the in on the show at the start of the pandemic because they, they really felt like they needed to do it then, too. They're like, hey, we're here for you, Amazon. <laughs> and we're, you're like, no, you're not. You want to make billions of dollars. You're not here to care for me. You're a company. Like... We're supposed to believe that the folks at Mercedes are really worried that we have a wonderful <laughs> holiday season. Like, they're sitting in the boardroom like, guys, guys, number one priority. How do we spread joy this holiday season? <laughs> That's what we care about here at Mercedes. I understand the S-Class isn't selling well, but guess what? Susie in Kentucky isn't happy. And she could be, guys. We got to be her shining light. Like, no. They're like, yeah. hey, how do we get rich? And that's what we exactly. care. But like, it's just ridiculous. And this this doesn't have to do with the holiday commercials, Mike, but it was a commercial that annoyed me. This is yeah. this really, uh, this actually annoyed me more than any uh, holiday commercial. This was for Sky Vodka. Mm. Sky Vodka. Have you ever had Sky Vodka? Nope. Uh, isn't that like a, like, kind of, no, I've never. No. It's a classy brand <laughs> that you're like, why yeah. would I waste money on this? Because it's all uh, the okay. same shit. I thought shit. it was the opposite. I thought it was like, like, uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess shelf. I should say it's a mid tier, I guess. Okay. I guess you would say, cause it's not like skull vodka. That's like $2 a bottle <laughs> or something, you know, but it's not, yeah. it's, it's not like, uh, you know, like gray goose. That okay. would be high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. it's like. It's like $20 or something like that. Okay. You know? Anyways. Anyways, the commercial says Sky Vodka now made with water enriched with Pacific minerals sourced from the San Francisco Bay Word. and filtered through California limestone. Hmm. Then, then the even big kicker, they say Sky Vodka is also gluten free. Ooh. What? Nice. What? First. First. Mike, I don't think there's a single person that has actually been to the San Francisco Bay Area, seen the water, and said, man, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome if I could have a glass full of that? Nope. That'd be nice. <laughs> like, I mean, like, if you're using that water, shouldn't you be more concerned with plastic Ew. than gluten? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're using Bay Area water, I'm surprised the glass wouldn't just form into a giant cup of plastic and be like, oh, that's solidified quickly. Whoops. Like, third, I'm going to say this. 
If you don't know enough about vodka or gluten to know that vodka doesn't have gluten in it, then I don't think you're allowed to worry about gluten. <laughs> like, uh. that's, I don't think, vodka has to be distilled. Distillation mm -hmm. involves vaporizing a liquid. Gluten is a protein. Proteins oh. are not volatile. They would not make it through the process of distillation. So, <laughs> unless the person drops a croissant in your glass after pouring <laughs> the vodka, you will have no gluten in there. Just Wait, so is Tito's all a lie? What, what about Tito's? Tito's, isn't that the gluten-free uh, well, vodka? It, it, That's it like their whole selling point. It it's is. Just a lie. It, it is gluten free. It just. It, I mean, essentially, it's, it's it, just buzzwords. It, yeah, They're it, just getting us with these buzzwords. It's like if I started a cigarette company and advertised it as dairy free and gluten free. Mm, gotcha. Guys, okay. I know you're worried, but don't worry. These cigarettes can't hurt your digestive system or your celiac disease. They do mm. have a few minor drawbacks, but not in that area. <laughs> don't worry about your intestines. Like, it's just, okay. it's ridiculous, Mike. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're telling me there's a person out there who gets their Sky Vodka drink and they're like, well, it's made from California mineral water and it's gluten-free. They should probably just call this health juice. That's a fact. They should just <laughs> change the name to health juice. It's ridiculous, Mike. That's a fact. I don't know. I Seriously. feel like I should be able to record a disclaimer after their commercial. And just be like, this is all dumb whore. Don't buy this. <laughs> but I, I guess that wouldn't be as good. I'm just saying, Mike, these are the same people that are wishing you happy holidays. That yeah, are that are trying true. to pull one over on you with your gluten-free. And hmm. uh, now that I've filled the world with holiday cheer, are you ready to fire <laughs> up the show? Yes, let's do it. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and liftoff. Mike, we have a fantastic show. I'm excited because we are going to listen to some tunes from our former guest this year. Uh, and since it's the last show of 2021, we're going to cover 10 of my favorite moments of the show. That's right. It was actually a little bit more difficult than I thought it was. I, was, I thought I was going to be able to and just pick a couple, but they kept coming up. I was like, oh, I don't like that one. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that, you know? And then I, I had to... Now, I will say to the listeners, they're not ranked. Nope. So don't don't think it's like a 10 to 1 or a 1 to 10. They're not ranked. These are just 10 memories in chronological order we're going to go through. So, okay. so don't, you know, don't be like, oh, he thought that one was the best. No. No, it's just where it came in, in the date. Okay? Just the date. Anyways... I'm excited about this show, but Mike, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Mm hmm. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mm hmm. Now, uh, Mike, like many weeks, there's no way to sugarcoat this. <laughs> You're probably not going to get any of these birthday suits. Nope. Um, maybe, maybe the first one. Maybe okay. the first one. It could, I'll take it. It could happen. I'll take that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, born on December 22nd, 1993 in Nantucket, Massachusetts. Our birthday suit wear always loved music. She started singing in the church when she was six, and she began writing songs not too long after that on GarageBand. 
In high school, mm. she played guitar, trumpet, and sang in jazz band. She also attended summer music programs at Berkeley College of Music. We've had several Berkeley grads on the show. So true. Shout out to the Dead Poets Society. Shout, uh, shout out. out to uh, uh, Johnny Rab. Shout uh, out. Several, several Berkeley. Anyways. Um, but she eventually was offered a full scholarship to Berkeley, but decided, nah, I'm just going to start my music career now. Uh, in 2013, she met songwriter Kevin K- uh, Kaddish, uh, and they started writing songs together. In 2014, the, so- uh, the two wrote a song called All About That Bass. She got a meeting with L.A. Reid, sang the song for him, and signed a record deal 20 minutes later. The song sold 11 million units worldwide. She then released the song's Lips Are Moving that same year, which uh, reached number four on the hot billboard list. Her album uh, came out in 2015, which debuted at number one. She released her second album, Thank You, in 2016, which featured a number three uh, which was which debuted at number three on the Billboard charts in 2017. She announced she'd be on the reality show The Four: Battle for Stardom, hmm. which I I don't remember that show nope. at all. Um, but <laughs> it lasted two seasons and it included DJ Khaled and Puff Daddy, so you know it's good. Um, she then released her album Treat Myself in 2018. Most recently, she released a holiday album in 2020. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Uh, no idea. Uh, Kesha. <laughs> I, I, I like Kesha's. I feel like that's in a ballpark. No it's not a Kesha. 93. Yeah, not a. She's Kesha's older. She is? I think. She is? Yeah. Okay. I, I imagine. I, uh, Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> completely <laughs> unaware. Uh, Megan Trainer. Megan Trainer. Have you you've heard the name, right? I've heard the name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She yeah, she is. Uh Kesha's older. Just Googled it. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. She's yeah. uh she, oh, God, she's good year. so old that Kesha. Good <laughs> lord. A older. Uh no, Megan Trainer, yeah, she came out with all about that bass, and I gotta be honest, it's sort of like the only big song she had. I mean, no offense to Megan Trainer. She's had a lot bigger songs than I've ever so had. So true. But uh yeah, it's sort of like a I mean, I feel like it's it's it up to this point been a little bit of one hit wonder, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I've I feel like I've heard that song, but I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I was surprised. Sounds like a popular title. I was surprised. I figured her numbers would have be down on Spotify since you know, like I said, it's sort of been one song since 2015. But she's had 23 million monthly listeners. So Hmm. yeah, not that bad. Uh, Doing better than the Doc G show slightly. (laughs) Uh, Slightly. But she uh, she also has a husband now, Mike. Uh, Yeah, she has a husband and a kid, Riley. Riley is her kid. I saw some pictures of, of Riley. He was born in 2021, Riley. And hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, she's got things going on. She's doing things. That's good. So, uh, <laughs> happy birthday to Megan Trainer. Okay, Mike. Are you ready? Rip some headlines. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Uh, Mike, I've got the perfect story to get you in the holiday spirit start out right here in florida 
This is this is a Clearwater story. So we're going to go southwest here. Mm. Uh, it's a beautiful story. A, a beautiful story about a man threatening to blow himself up in order to keep custody of his kids. Wait, what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's touching. Wow. Touching. So apparently Bo Bloomer, by the way, uh, he's got the he's got the weird French bow, B-E-A-U. Such ah. a such an odd that throws me for such a curveball every time. I see it <laughs> and I'm just like, Bew? Why would somebody <laughs> why would somebody Bew? We're we're in America, all right? That is not Bo. That is not <laughs> And we're not in Louisiana. That is not Bo, okay? Anyways, uh, he's been going through some custody hearings over his child, and uh, he was pretty concerned about losing custody of his child. So he personally called up the judge and allegedly said, quote, I'm about to do some crazy I'll get a bomb. Do you think I'm going to just take myself out? Do you think I'm just going to kill myself? Do you think I won't take anyone else out, too? Jeez. That's what he said. To the, wow. To the judge, Mike. To hey. the judge. It took uh, about two hours for uh, Bew to be arrested. What? Uh, on charges of false <laughs> report of a bomb. False report of a bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, I did some research uh, before the show, and threatening to blow yourself up will not improve your chances of keeping custody of your kid. Nope. It's really yeah. No, no. Uh, a better option for keeping your kid <laughs> is to have steady employment and a house. <laughs> Those two things much better. I'm just saying, if you're out there right now in a custody battle for your kid, and you're trying yeah. to decide whether you should threaten someone with a bomb or get a house and a job. I'd say go with the job in a house. Yeah, it's looks just, good it, on paper. It's yeah. a good, it's a good resume booster for having mm-hmm. a kid. Also, Mike, I've got to say, from the looks of the mugshot, these were not empty bomb threats. Jeez, these, these, Bo had a look in his eye, a look that said, "I like bombs." Um, mm. Which, Uh-oh. which brings me to the last question: He was only charged with false reports of a bomb. Hmm. Like, seems like a pretty low-level thing. Like, aren't there charges of, like, planning a murder or attempted murder? Just, like, false reports of a bomb? That's, like, the same thing a Hmm. senior in high school gets when they try to get out of their physics test by calling in a bomb report. Like, that's not... It's not... (laughs) That's not high... I mean, I don't know the actual repercussions, but I feel like it's not really... No. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe it's uh, there's like bomb threat fatigue, you know, because I got a lot of bomb threats when I was in high school, and um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, they got rid of your lockers because of it. I remember that. Yeah. That's a, a downer. I mean, we all remember that hard knock part of Mike's life. Good lord, yeah, so true. I mean, no it's, it's left him with a scar that is unrecoverable, folks. Seriously, uh, uh, Mike. Let's move on to. Idaho, sweet, uh, where mm. a man is wanted for beating a leader of a youth group of Latter Day Saints, mm. beating the youth group leader with his gun. Now, uh, to make things worse, Mike, 
uh, it was the county sheriff that assaulted this person. Ugh. Yeah. Girl, come on. Yeah. So November 9th, the youth group was uh, placing thankful turkeys on the door of the members of their congregation. Hmm. So uh, thankful turkeys are just like a thank you note to basically be like, hey, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being you, you know, and they do it around Thanksgiving, That thus the turkey. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, when they tried to uh, place these thank you notes on the door, the idea, I, I guess it's sort of like a Santa Claus sort of uh, elf on the shelf deal. They, they try to put the notes uh, on the house without the person noticing them. They, they mm-hmm. put the note on there and then they get out of town. Uh, right. So one of the notes they had was for Craig Rowland and his wife. Craig said, uh, recalling the incident, he went outside to let his Yorkie use the bathroom. While he was outside, he saw two people uh, outside the home that ran down the road away from his house. Hmm. He thought they might have been trying to break into his patrol car, so he checked the car. It was fine. Uh, after his dog was finished, he went back inside. A few minutes later, he heard the front screen door open and a knock at his door. Now, uh, Craig was worried it could be uh, a robber, uh-huh. which I said, really? Uh, the knock at the door? Robbers do that? <laughs> um, but he asked his wife to get his gun, which again... Why'd you ask your wife? You can't just go over and get it yourself. Hey, <laughs> get my gun. Um, he said he was uh, he was afraid, so he got his service revolver and went to the door. Now, there's ring doorbell footage of this where Roland opens the door, sees the thank you card, and says, thank you, thanks, frickin' bull****. And then he walks out. (laughs) He stops the car that's going away from his house. He flags them down in front of the car. Uh, He opens the driver's side door, pulls the driver out by the hair, and says, Who the are you with his gun drawn? The person then (laughs) identified herself as a neighbor and a family friend who's known them for over... Three decades. Jeez. Which Roland said, I didn't recognize her. Word. What? (laughs) He eventually let her go, but now he's facing charges for the incident. Um, Hmm. Mike, call me crazy, but this doesn't seem like the demeanor of a man that should have a job that involves a gun. That's a fact. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all, no. Nor does it sound like the demeanor of a man that should own a Yorkie. Uh, I don't know if you know Yorkies. They're not the most terrifying dog. Uh, no, not not at all. And a man that's uh, going around uh, threatening folks with his gun eh, doesn't really match, you know? Mm-mm. I feel like that Yorkie lives in terror. It's just me. <laughs> I feel like that that Yorkie is living in terror. Somebody needs to save that Yorkie. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, let me give you a quick headline here. This is just the headline. Two o'clock rock burglar wanted in more than 60 break-ins across the San Fernando Valley. Hmm. 
Two o'clock. Sounds specific. Yeah, well, that's when he breaks in. <laughs> but and he breaks this is time. He breaks in with a rock <laughs> at two o'clock. But the thing that got oh. me sixty break ins. So true. I mean I'm 60. I'm pretty sure they don't keep records for things like that, but that's gotta be close to a record. That's right. I mean, especially this day and age. Sixty break ins yeah. and you haven't been caught? Like Mm-mm. he's better than Bonnie and Clyde. That's impressive. Like, it's good. Now uh, I went on. I, I read on into this uh, into the story, Mike. There, there's a couple of interesting things about this story. The investigators say the burglar typically canvasses a business, checks out, finds the business, then places rocks in front of the location he plans to break into. He later returns early in the morning, usually between two and four a.m., takes the rock. He put in front of the business and throws them through the front glass door. <laughs> now, I, I'm I'm no detective, Mike, but but couldn't folks just keep a lookout for a dude who's piling rocks up in front of their business? Like, it seems fairly simple when you see a dude out there putting these big rocks like right in front of your windows. You're like, oh. I don't know. I think something could be going on here. That's I right. think this could mean a bad news for our business, you know? Just, is it just me? I don't know. Well, mm. if the rocks are in like a little formation, like where they're all stacked on top of each mm. other, it could be art. It could be seen <laughs> it's as true. Art. Don't want to ruin his fantastic <laughs> art. I, I don't know. I'm sort of torn on this. I'm like, well, I don't want him to keep breaking into businesses, but I'm like, it's still, you don't want to see a streak broken. That's, uh, it's, I mean, that's a good, it's a good streak he's got going, but mm-hmm. keep an eye out. If you're in the San Fernando Valley, folks, uh, two o'clock rock man, and they, you, you watch oh, out. Oh, wait, he's still on the loose. He's still on the loose. No, no. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Keep an eye out. Watch out. He's, he's out there. He's ready to rocket a rock right through your, your window. Uh, well, uh, when you when you initially said the story, I was thinking in my head two p.m., but I was like, yeah, that's not a good time. <laughs> it's not a good time. No, for that's throwing. That, that <laughs> seems like uh, optimal police coverage at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two a.m. People better, better time. Wide for awake. <laughs> they're just setting in the <laughs> setting in the store, and a rock comes rocketing through, uh, and they're like, "What is? What are they doing? They could have just opened the door. <laughs> Why is? Doesn't make sense." Mike, this is a uh, I this this next story I want to emphasize from the start. This is a real story. This okay. this actually happened. Somebody did this, and that somebody was McRoberts Williams. Word. His first name is <laughs> McRoberts, which is a really weird first name. So true. But <laughs> McRoberts decided that he was going to rob the Wells Fargo. At Price's Corner Shopping Center in Wilmington, Delaware. So he walked into the bank, uh, handed the bank teller a note saying he was robbing the bank. So, so far, so good as planned. Uh, The bank then gave him a large amount of cash in a bag and Williams ran out of the bank. Once he made it outside of the bank, he stopped at the ATM... And deposited some of the cash into his account <laughs> using the ATM. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Mike, like I've said many times on the show before, <laughs> this man needs a friend 
that he can phone to bounce ideas off of. <laughs> this man obviously does not have a bro he can count on to give sage advice. Because if he did, he could be like, hey, Jeff, it's Mickey Rob. I'm guessing that's his nickname. Wouldn't that be a good nickname? Mickey Rob? <laughs> I think it would be good. It was Mickey Rob. I was just getting ready uh, to get some money out of the ATM, and I thought, you know what would be better? What if I just steal the money from the bank, and then I deposit a couple thousand dollars into my account instead of having to take money out? That way, I make money in the situation. And, mm -hmm. and Jeff can say, you know, Mickey Rob, um, you probably shouldn't rob a bank. And, and if you're dead set on robbing a bank, I would suggest a bank that you're not a member of. And Mickey Rob can be like, you know what? That's that's a pretty good decision. Thanks, Jeff. And disaster averted, you know? I'm just saying. Also, mm -hmm. Mickey Rob, as I said in the last story, it's almost 2022. There's like a one in 10 million chance you're getting away with bank robbery. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, the dude, the last dude that has 60 break-ins, those are like at car washes and gas stations they're, they're not <laughs> banks you're not getting yeah. away with a bank robbery in 2022 nope like you know how much security those places have yeah they've got and then you use the atm man <laughs> they've got a head-on picture of you they got like four video cameras pointed at that atm and you put in your identification they know it's you, Mickey Rob. Come on, bro. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, give it up. Doc G, can I call you if I ever decide to do something crazy yes. and I need some advice? Okay, yes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to commit a crime. I need your advice. I give very good advice to other people. <laughs> I don't always take it myself. Nope. But I, I'm very good to bounce ideas off of. Awesome. Yes. I'm glad. Yes. Uh, now, Mike, before we go to break, I have some very important news, especially for you. This is uh, specifically for you. I saw this in uh, the news and was like, oh, Mike needs to know about this. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's from the Bank of England. So okay. they recently issued a statement warning that Bitcoin could be at some time in the future worthless and that Ooh. people investing in digital currency should be prepared to lose everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now it's a possibility. Now the uh, deputy uh, governor of the bank, Sir John Cudcliffe, said the bank had to be ready for risk linked to the rise of crypto asset following rapid growth in its popularity. Their price mm. can vary quite considerably, and bitcoins could theoretically or practically drop to zero. Um, mm. Now. Surprisingly, Mike, in the statement, he didn't uh, mention anything regarding Megadeth cryptocurrency. So <laughs> I'm not what? sure where it stands, but uh, he did, uh, Beslam did say, uh, or Thomas Beslam, sorry, that's a new guy, not Sir John Cudcliffe. This is Thomas Beslam, who works uh, in the bank's stakeholder and media engagement division, uh, wrote, the problem is that unlike traditional forms of money, Bitcoin isn't used to price things other than itself. 
as Bitcoiners themselves are fond of saying, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. <laughs> but a tautology does not a currency make. Word. Man. Such Wait, a what? what was that word? Tautology. Tautology. What a British thing to say, am I right? I mean, yes. listen to that last sentence. But a tautology does not a currency make. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Zing. Mm. Zing. A tautology, Mike, is where you uh, equal two things together. Two things oh, that are the same, okay. you equal together and say, uh, mm. and try to basically pose them as different things. But they are not different things. Tautology. T-A-U-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Mm. Okay. Tautology. Cool. Never use that word in my life. That's right. You're getting, you got, <laughs> I will never use that. Uh, there's no need to. But if you're a British banker, you can say cool things like, but tautology does not a currency mm. make. Mm. Hmm. And he used like Yoda phrasing, does not a currency <laughs> make. Which, anyways, um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm here to tell you this, Mike. So if you want to get into the pirate treasure game with me, you're more than Ooh. welcome. I mean, I've got pirate treasure galore now. I, <laughs> I, I, I said on the show that I was going to get some pirate coins. I've got plenty now. I'm holding a pirate got treasure coin right now. Right now, yeah. I've got an ounce of pirate silver in my hand. Listen, so true. And uh, don't come and attack me to take my silver. Uh, I'm going to bury it uh, in an undisclosed area, so you will not be able to get my pirate silver. But, just saying, Mike, it's out there if you want to join the pirate booty. Well, it's there. I need to diversify my, my stuff, obviously. You got to be ready. So you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break while Mike gets ready. Uh, <laughs> former guest uh, from this year, E.G. Vines, who we had on the show September 15th. This is a song, Good Enough, right here on the Doc G Show. I heard someone say, ain't this good enough? Look at where we are today and where we came from And the battle lines they drew inside their head for me Only men could vote 
200 years since we brought slaves here on a sinking boat And they're still fighting, just trying to patch the holes Five years ago they passed a law that many people hate Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, make sure, you know, you've got now a two-week hiatus. That's right. In between 2021 and 2022, where you can take five seconds and download, subscribe to the Doc G Show. Say what? You can make a difference in one man's life, and that man's life is me. You can do that. Mm. You can you can help a poor, sad man, me. So true. By subscribing to the show, you will make that. And guess what? Your holiday will be brighter. It'll be way brighter than mm-hmm. anything Mercedes can do for you. And guess what? <laughs> I am gluten free, listeners. <laughs> I am glu- actually I've got some gluten in me, no doubt. There's some gluten in me. I love pasta, uh, but so true. I'm just saying, subscribe to the show. Take the time. You've got time, folks. Uh, Mike, I need before we go to the shout outs. I need uh, to bring out the miscellaneous file. Hmm. Yeah, miscellaneous. Because I was eavesdropping on somebody's uh, conversation the other day. So awesome, and it annoyed me. I sort of wanted to slap this guy. Uh, It's so annoying. So I'm waiting for my food at uh, Panda Express. Classy restaurant. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, I like the Beijing beef. That's uh, that's Mm -hmm. my jam. Completely unhealthy. Like probably the worst thing ever. But it's delicious. (laughs) Anyways, 
These two older dudes who are waiting for their food, they see each other, and apparently they were old friends because they were like, oh, hey, oh, yeah. Huh? And they're talking. And uh, one of the guys is like, man, they're really, orders seem like they're taking forever today. And the other guy is like, I don't mind walking out of a restaurant. I've already rock, walked out of two this week. Word. Which... <laughs> Which is interesting on many levels because I don't really hear dudes brag about how many restaurants they walk out of. But this weird flex. Yeah, this guy was psyched about it. And then he goes on to tell about the two restaurants he walked out of, which spoiler alert, they're Chipotle and Hooters. Hmm. Chipotle and Hooters. So Chipotle, he's like, I was in Chipotle and uh, I asked for grilled onions in my bowl and they started putting in grilled peppers and onions. And I told him, hey, Hey, I only want onions. And they said, uh, we only do them together. So I got my family, and I walked out of there. What? <laughs> what? Instant replay, guy, uh, Mike. This guy walked, staged a walkout of Chipotle because they refused to make up his dumb, picky order of grilled <laughs> onions only. God forbid uh, this guy so have annoying. another vegetable in his diet. Like... They're even called fajita vegetables on the menu. They're not called pick whatever you want, all right? They're called fajita vegetables. You get both of them. If you don't want the peppers, yeah. take them out yourself, man. Amen. Take them out yourself and have one of your kids eat them. Then, he continued on, though. Then, after his, his pepper walkout, he then said, <laughs> Yeah, I took my family out of Hooters last night, too. I was like... What? What? First of all, you took your family to a classy evening at Hooters. Sweet. Awesome. He was like, "Yeah, it wasn't a it, uh, it was a franchise Hooters, not a locally owned Hooters." Then he went into the specifics of how franchise Hooters now use a vinegar-based sauce instead of their traditional sauce, which is way better and higher quality. And some of the locally owned Hooters still use the traditional sauce. That's right. And when he found out it was a franchise Hooters, no, no, I am not using that, that new sauce. No, thank <laughs> you. And he walked out, Mike. He walked wow. out. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of world we live in, Mike. These people exist. So true. This person exists. And he used both of these examples of things to be proud about. That you would tell other people that you're that much of an annoying male Karen. That's who mm. you are. Like, ridiculous. He's a Ken. He's a Ken doll. <laughs> He is a Ken doll <laughs> that wants his Hooters with the traditional sauce. Traditional. Well, they say the opposite, the opposite of Karen is Ken. Yeah. The man version of Karen is Ken. Well, like, I mean, good Lord. Like it matters. It's Hooters, Mike. It's yeah. Hooters. The Come food on. is the worst thing going. Yeah. It's uh, You're not going there for the wings. You have never woke up after. I've never woke up after a night of Hooters and been like, oh, that was a good decision. No. <laughs> Every morning, the next morning, I'm just like, oh, God, did I get hit by a freight train? What happened to my body? This is so bad. Like, it's way below Panda Express. That's how bad yeah. it is.
Mm-hmm. Anyways, agreed. I just had to bring it up. That guy was. I mean, like, I wish. I wish there was a cameraman somewhere around me because my face had to look just disgusted as I was looking at this guy. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Anyways, Mike. For the folks that put up with my nonsense about guys talking about walking out of Hooters, I want to thank them. So I got to give some shout outs. Here we go. Regulars. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, San Diego, California, Richardson, Texas, Dublin, Ireland, Peoria, Illinois, Boardman, Oregon, Katy, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Genoa, Italy, Columbus, Georgia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Frankfurt, Germany, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Katy, Texas, Winfield, West Virginia, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Piracay, Brazil, and Mexico City, Mexico. They've got on the regulars. There we go. Mexico City. They're... They are now locked in. They are now locked yeah, in, are. Mike. They're locked in. Uh, semi-regulars. We got some interesting ones here. Shout out to Los Angeles, California, Circleville, Ohio, Manchester Township, New Jersey, Stony Brook, New York, Tel Aviv, Israel, Dubai, UAE, Two Rivers, Wisconsin, Hyderabad, India, Indianapolis, Indiana, Alameda, California, Houston, Texas, Berlin, Germany, and Moscow, Russia. Yes. Mm. Yes. Moscow knows about that vodka. They know it's been gluten-free since the 1700s, (laughs) and that's the way they like it. That's right. Mike, I promised you some previously on the Doc G Show updates, and guess what? We have some. Yes. We have Love some. It. Previously on the Doc G Show. Follow-ups. Uh, okay, so, Mike, here we go. Uh, first one, this was, I can't remember. I think this was from two weeks ago. Had a story about a guy that burnt down his house because of a snake infestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, there are 27 species and subspecies of snakes in Maryland, which <laughs> okay, was wow. way more than I thought, to yeah. be honest. Uh, two, only two snakes that are venomous, though. Hmm. So essentially, all uh, 25 out of 27, it was completely pointless for him to try to burn down his house anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. No need. Uh, the two snakes that are poisonous, timber rattlesnake and eastern copperhead. Those hmm. are the two. Eastern, uh, Eastern Copperhead, Timber Rattlesnake. So they do. Wow. Rattlesnakes, uh, rattlesnakes there. Uh, hmm. Not very, very prominent, but it's there. So okay, could have been a timber. I'm just saying. Just saying. Hmm. So my bad, guys. I said there were like two species of snakes all together <laughs> in Maryland. Turns out two venomous. Venomous. Mm. So keep that in mind, listeners. Important. Mike, this was a very important question we asked. We asked, how do astronauts use the bathroom back in the day? That's a fact. And there's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty good number of uh, articles on this. Science Mm. articles. I actually looked in Popular Science about a full article about how they use the bathroom. And apparently, um, they literally... Uh, had to tape plastic bags and tubes to their parts. That's mm. how they used the bathroom. Ew. Ooh. Yeah, they even had a diagram of the bag taped to the astronaut in one of the articles. Pretty, 
pretty pretty wild. And <laughs> apparently, uh, they left on all the lunar landings. They actually left human waste behind. Ew. Like, they took these bags and were just like, throw them on the moon. There we go. <laughs> like, there's literally bags of <laughs> on mm -hmm. the moon. Like, that doesn't look good for human the human race. Like, no, we're just, not at all. We're just a pile of wasters. Like, mm -hmm. we've been, we're on the moon for three days, and we're like, oh, we left a whole bunch of there. Like, just <laughs> not good at all. That's, yeah. And apparently there are, some, uh, there are some scientists that are interested in those bags of uh, poo. They, mm, yeah. They want to know about the bacteria in the poo. Which I'm, Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, it's definitely dead. I'm I'm no mm. expert in this field, but come on, man, the the temperature ranges from like negative 200 to 250 on the moon. There's no atmosphere. There's no yeah, bacteria what about, living what in that. What about the little What about the little tardigrades though? Those little guys can last through anything, right? Like they can last comet, asteroid rides. There. I don't know. I don't know. I maybe. Don't know. Maybe. May I I mean we got it that's the there we'll are there are literally researchers that want to come back to the moon we're going and pick up some packs of there we go SpaceX got them <laughs> uh Mike this is an important update for the f uh, the person on uh Reddit that I made fun of their Chexmix comment I went to the actual Chex website and the uh, the actual um, recipe that they have listed. The first recipe, the traditional recipe, says to use a microwave. Wait, what? What? Yeah. They suggest it. Check cereal. Suggest That's their uh, traditional uh, recipe. Insane. Hmm. Now, one of the other tips is you can use it. They say preheat the oven to 250, put the cereal and seasoning mixture into an ungreased roasting pan, bake for an hour. If you remember, they were saying they did it the, uh, the, the slow way. And they said two hours was the slow way. So this person is obviously much more of a Czech expert than I am. So mm. congrats to this person on Reddit. I thought they were insane, and they are insane, <laughs> but... They know their checks mix, Mike. Mm -hmm. They know their checks. That's a fact. I stand corrected. Uh, lastly, we talked about Richard and Marietta, the two folks that stole millions of dollars uh, of COVID relief when they didn't actually need it, and mm -hmm. uh, they left their kids a note. FBI still hasn't found them. Wow. Still on the run. Uh, in fact, the FBI has a reward for them, $20,000. Jeez. If you, mm. if you know anything about Richard and Marietta, that's a whole lot of pirate booty right there, Mike. Mm -hmm. You can, yeah. you have $20,000 isn't bad. Uh, sadly, I don't, I don't know where, uh, Richard and Marietta are, so I can't narc on them. Uh, mm. can't do it. But what was their original place again? What was, where were they? California. Originally? Mm. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Tough. They could, they could be, they could be wandering around LV. Keep it a lookout. Yeah. Keep a mm. lookout. Um, Mike, uh, before we go to break again, I did want to mention uh, another story. It's a great story out of New York, and uh, we missed it. We need to celebrate a birthday from last week. 
Uh, we need to celebrate the one, the only, Lenny Landau. Say what? Yes. Lenny, Lenny turned Landau. a young 101 last Ooh. week. Nice. 101. Now, before I tell you anything more about Lenny, uh, you've got to see Lenny. If you're anywhere near a computer or phone listeners, look up Lenny Landau 101. Landau, L-A-N-D-A-U. You will be pleased. So true. Trust me. Lenny has a fro and a goatee and some shades he picked up when he was probably around 52 in 1972. He looks like a baller. Uh, (laughs) Lenny is my jam. If I was in New York, me and Lenny would hang out on the regular. Oh, wow. Yeah, this guy does have a fro. Right? That's awesome. Right? He's got a goatee. I mean, who am I to say that that fro is not real? Um, (laughs) Well, the color of his fro is definitely not real. (laughs) It is a dark, rich chocolate, folks. And... um, (laughs) He is definitely not of the age that that would be the proper color. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Mike, he's full. Lenny is full of spirit. Now, what I loved about this was, you know, with all the COVID news, we're pretty familiar with the uh, the old anti-vaxxer crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say Lenny is the opposite. He's the super pro-vaxxer crowd. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go and say he might actually take it a little too far because in the hmm. interview, he said he went into the army before World War II. They gave him a flu vaccine, and because of that, he's never gotten sick since. Hmm. Wow. Huh? Which, I mean, Is that I, possible? Yeah, no. I mean, I don't want to rain on Lenny's parade. But, like, you know, if the flu vaccine was a cure for any disease, I think a few people might take it. A few more people (laughs) might take it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying they're not useful. I'm just saying they're temporarily useful for that variation of the flu. That variant. That's it. That's it. Now, Mike, another thing that makes Lenny feel so young is that he's got a young, hot wife. Yeah, Yeah, he does. Lady who's only 76. Huh? (laughs) I mean, good Lord. She was only 55 at the turn of the century. Say what? She's basically a baby. Good Lord. Anyways, uh, the last thing that Lenny mentions is that he lives by the motto that you should do a good anonymous deed every day of your life. Amen, Lenny. Amen. Amen. Shout out to Lenny. Here's to another 101, Lenny. You keep rocking that fro in those shades. They're beautiful. I love it. Uh, Mike, Mm -hmm. we are going to take a break. This is former guest of the show, John William, from June 9th, right here on the Doc G Show with Cascade Cruising.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. And we have made it to the point of the show where we need to review what went on in 2021, Mike. I mean, Mm -hmm. goodness gracious, it has been. I mean, you came in July 14th. Mm -hmm. That was the first show. That was the first show. Yeah. Sure, sure as the guest. Love that show. Sure, sure was great. Chris, uh, fantastic fella. Uh, you are on 23 shows this year, Mike. 23. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Almost almost half the shows. Almost half the shows you were on. Fantastic. Now, wow. Now, Mike, I wanted to go through the year because we've had some awesome, awesome guests on the show this year. Unbelievable. Uh, very lucky to have. So I wanted to pick out not my favorite guests because there were some that didn't make it. That I definitely loved having on the show. I loved having everybody on the show, but I had to pick 10. So I picked 10 moments. So uh, I'm going to go in chronological order. Our first clip here, Barnes Courtney, back on January 20th. Uh, Barnes, what a character. If listeners don't know Barnes, (laughs) we talk for like an hour and a half. And then we talk for like an hour and a half more after the interview ended. Uh, I feel like it was a little bit because of the pandemic. He didn't have anybody to talk to, and he was just like, I'm just going to talk to this random guy. But <laughs> he a good time, man. During the interview, Barnes told me about a time that he went on a hike with his personal trainer in L.A. I heard a great story about how while you were out there at your chateau, you ran into a personal trainer who apparently liked to go on hikes and do shrooms. What? Um. Now <laughs> this guy, like, you wouldn't even believe that he was real. It was like a, it was like a character. I realized that he used to be a professional bad guy on CSI in for years and years. That makes sense. Said, what happened? Why did you quit acting? Why did you? He goes, well, Barnes, you know, I uh, had an altercation with a guy in a car on the road, and you know, he stepped out of his car, and I stepped out of my car, and we. We squared up and I roundhouse kicked him in the sternum bones. And uh, <laughs> yeah. being on the side of the road, I thought, oh, should I stay? Should I go? Uh, and now I was here. Walk <laughs> away. And you were like, <laughs> you just you just stepped over that whole should I stay or go part. Did he die or is he? I think the guy, I, I genuinely believe to this day that he killed the man. Now, did anybody in this story, I didn't hear one person of this story abstaining from the shrooms. I feel like in a venture like that, there needs to be a designated sober person. Was there a designated sober person? Hmm. Well, where were you when I was halfway up a mountain? <laughs> off my little tip. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what, he just had, he had incredible charisma. Yeah. And he had us all under his spell. So one day we go to the gym and he's like, listen, guys, we're not going to go, uh, we're not going to gym workout today, okay? Barnes, Caddy, that's my film girl. Caddy, Barnes, we're, we're going to go for a hike, okay? I'm not taking her to this place to close out the little warden, so uh, just stick with me, you'll be fine. <laughs> Climb over the, start up the mountain. Now listen, you two. We'll flip a coin, head for Jewish rooms. Jail for Jones. Flip a coin, Jails. Let's do shrooms anyway. <laughs> so he hands us both like a big fistful of shrooms and his big old shovel hands, right? And uh, and we take these things, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey whatever, whatever you say. Took the shrooms, and uh, and we realized 
about an hour into the hike why the trail is closed. <laughs> the the path that we were walking on yeah. had crumbled mm. hundreds and hundreds of feet below into this gaping ravine. Mm. And there was no way across. Mm. So I turned to go back and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You get across this. And he just boomed <laughs> like off the edge of the path <laughs> onto like the sheer like you know and this, rock face this, just like a rock face covered in bushes and just grabs <laughs> on to the foliage and kind of like launches himself across like, you know, like <laughs> climbing like a muscular spider monkey so I'm, I'm like you know in skinny jeans and like nice healthy boots perfect and, like, hiking gear navigate my way gingerly across this like <laughs> treacherous uh, like you know, ninja warrior bush course. Yeah, and at this point, the mushrooms start kicking in. Everything's like spinning around and mm. warping. And I'm like, <laughs> I look back at Katia. She's like, <laughs> and we got to the other side of the mountain, and um, my friend Katia was just covered in these black dots. Mm. And I was like, "What is that?" Looking at him, like, "What the?" She was covered. In tiny baby ticks, uh. and so she she's sort of you know like really upset and like oh my god that you know, makes like, sense covered yeah. in ticks like <laughs> it's really unpleasant. And this guy's coming over, he's super blase about it. He's like I didn't see a few ticks in my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you pretty sure you're not just supposed to pick them off with your hands? Whatever, he's just picking them off. And get in the car, and uh, then he goes, uh, oh, you see a tick on my leg too? He flips out the window. Let me take up my leg, huh? My I've, ever, I've ever, never actually seen this many things before in my life. You know what? We gotta get the here. We, we gotta get home and shower. We, you know, my buddy lost five years of his life to Lyme disease in a hospital bed. You're killing This is really serious. Start freaking the out. And maybe the mushrooms had something to do with it. Yeah. But he slammed his foot on the gas and hmm. end up back at his place. And Katia just immediately was like, I got three showers, you know, that's the one there, one there. Everybody get in the shower and wash your kids up. So, you know, we all get in the shower. And the next thing I know, I just hear this, like, blood-curdling shriek. And I come out, and it's my friend Katia, completely naked. She's run out of the shower because she's found three or four large ticks burrowed halfway into her neck. And, I mean, it was revolting Ugh. because half of them had disappeared inside of her keep in mind we're all still on mushrooms <laughs> and we get back and and the whole band at the chateau is waiting for me and they've been <laughs> waiting for me all day and it's now dark and i i'm like turn up wearing clothes that are about five sizes too big so i had to borrow the muscle man clothes <laughs> and everyone's like Dude, what the hell like, where were you? <laughs> no, you? Whose clothes are you wearing? No songs today, I guys. I was like, <laughs> dude, I have to, I have to, I can't, I just have to go to bed. This is just me, but I think the, the whole, the whole issue of the whole hike could have been averted if they just had not eaten the mushrooms before the hike. <laughs> uh, that seemed to be the root of all the issues there. I mean, the, t yeah. the ticks were bad, but mm -hmm. you, I, I, f I feel like maybe they would have noticed the ticks before, 
if they hadn't had yeah. the shrooms. I'm just... I don't know. You know. It's hard to say. But, or they would have been huge I really on the shrooms. I don't know. Really, when he mentioned it, though, when he was like, where were you when I asked if there was a sober person, I was like, I would have loved to have been on that trip because <laughs> I definitely the whole time would be like, hey, you guys do know there's a bunch of ticks gathering on you, right? It's pretty disgusting. I'm just, oh, just man. that was gross though. His friend with the in the neck. Ew, ugh, ugh. Ew. Yeah. No, thank you. Really gross. No, thank you. Really gross. But uh, anyways, I hope Bar Barnes is coming uh, through Jacksonville in May. Hopefully, if the schedule sticks. So hopefully we can have him stop by the studios. Fantastic fella. Um, mm -hmm. Mike, let's fast forward a month. February third. Had comedian Joe List. Very excited. Uh, I was very excited to have Joe on the show because he had literally just done Joe Rogan's podcast uh, like, a, like a month or so before ours. So I was like, yeah. well, there's no way this guy will do our show. Nope. And Joe was like, yeah, I'll do it. What? So obviously when I uh, had him on the show, I had to ask him about Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, let's let's listen to the clip here. Uh, you you were talking about Joe Rogan, which obviously huge huge podcast. I I guess it's like the I mean it's usually the biggest in the in the world. Uh, do you know Joe well? Because it seemed like you you knew. I mean you're doing shows with him. Are you fairly familiar with him, or was that sort of out of the blue that you did the podcast? Yeah, I actually don't know him too well. We have mutual. We're both really close with Ari Shafir, so we're yeah. that we had a close friend and. Yeah, Joe kind of just randomly uh, messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey, you should come on and do the show sometime. And um, we did a couple shows, I think, before that. just like, a, Or maybe it was that night, actually. We did a couple shows. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I basically met him on at the podcast. He knew of me and I guess was um, at least claimed to be a fan of mine. So, wow. Um, I kind of met him there and then we, we talked there. But, you know... To meet someone and then talk to them for three hours, you feel like you know them very well <laughs> after that. That's longer than I've talked to my dad my whole life. <laughs> well, well, Rogan, too, you know, I, I'm an anxious guy. And Rogan, there's so many people watching. So it's on your mind that there's so many people listening and everything you say, you're like, oh, my God. So I was like this, like, hyper <laughs> um, aware, like, just tense. I remember leave after I did Rogan, I was walking around in Sherman Oaks in uh, California, L.A., yeah. whatever it is, and just feeling like I had just been through a fight or done <laughs> drugs like i was like coming down i felt like i was walking weird because yeah. you're, uh, you're just so tense for so long i mean um mike i gotta say about that clip i i st i stand by this i don't know if you agree with me i i think joe rogan seems too intense for me to be funny around like yeah he's one of those guys that like just he there's so much like coming at you that i'd just be like uh -huh. ah, i don't know what to do i don't know and like yeah the way joe list described being so tense like he had to come down from the. i definitely <laughs> i definitely feel that like i would be definitely in the same boat of walking around being like what the yeah. hell just happened oh good lord but you list you listen to the show a good amount the joe the joe rogan show right yeah and uh for me, yeah, I mean, he doesn't laugh at a lot of... He doesn't laugh... Joe Rogan does not laugh when people try to make jokes. Yeah. So that's one thing. Even then, when they're they're fairly yeah. funny, too. Like, because I've yeah. seen a couple of comedians that actually said some 
pretty hilarious things on there, and he's just like, next question. You know, yeah, like just, exactly. Right. And even worse, when you're not a comedian and you try to make a joke and he has scientists on, you mm-hmm. know, and they make jokes, yeah. doesn't laugh. And I'm like, that was an amazing <laughs> joke. You're like, for the person that gave that joke, come on. This is a come dude on. that spends his life in a laboratory and yeah. he said something pretty funny. That's this guy, yeah, it was a great, you know. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's got to be tough, man. But I mean, you know. If Joe Rogan wants to invite me on this uh, podcast, I'm not going to turn it down. So true. Because uh, no. No he's got like 8 million listeners. So yeah, it's Johnny Carson. It's the know, current it is. Johnny Carson. It is the Johnny Carson of podcasts. That is a great mm-hmm. analogy, Mike. That is, mm-hmm. That's perfect. Thank because you. he is. He's like the, the, the starter of the whole deal. Uh, yeah, he's him and mm-hmm. Mark Mark Maroney. That's basically those two made, and then Mark sort of stopped his podcast. So, well, he didn't stop oh, really? it. He just did, he didn't he doesn't do it as much nearly as Joe. And you know, Joe just that's basically all he does, pretty much. So. Uh, fun fact about Mark: um, yeah. he I heard has the most. He sells the most single tickets to his shows. Hmm. <laughs> such a random sad he sells sad them. lonely people going <laughs> yeah. to his shows that makes sense i mean that that sounds like something that he or like if larry david had shows that's who would show up i mean it was yeah. sad single people just being like i want to hear another sad lonely old person rant about their life that's so uh, funny. anyways uh let's go to the next uh on the list here we've got mob rich uh, February 24th, better known as Connor Pledger and Maxwell Joseph. Had an awesome time with these guys. Super nice fellas. They're a great musical group out of Los Angeles. These guys were a blast to have on the show. Uh, and they had solo careers before they started Mob Rich. And uh, that's where the clip comes from. I talked about Connor, or I talked with Connor about his solo work. So let's take a listen. You released two albums on your own, uh, Detours oh and Fight or Flight. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Don't worry. You erased most record of them. Don't worry. <laughs> you, <laughs> I could have if I wanted Dude, to. I can't get that sh- Amazon. <laughs> I was about to say I could have bought one if I wanted to off of Amazon. Uh, and some oh. there was a lady that said she loves to play it at dinner parties. That literally is a comment on there. Yeah. Yeah, I think Nancy E, I want to say, yeah. was the name. Something like that. That might be my aunt. <laughs> that might be my aunt. <laughs> she, said, she, she said you had a killer voice, regardless if, it, regardless if it was your aunt or not. She was a fan of your voice. You, so when you, when you started the project of Mob Rich, did you see, like, I mean, did you think it could be that? Did you have that aspiration? You said, yeah, this can happen. Thank Man, everybody does to a certain extent. Yeah, I think. Um, you gotta have. And it. then it actually, and then actually happening to whatever extent it does is a different story, you know. And I think yeah. as you go along, you get your first million plays, and that's incredible. And then now you've got a million plays, and so you're thinking, okay, how do we get ten million plays? Yeah, you know. And yeah. you're you're the bar is constantly moving, and especially when you you know join a label roster, then your peers are people who are putting up hundreds of millions and billions of streams and so you're it's easily it's easily distorted and sometimes you have to take that back and go oh my god like our our music was literally streamed 22 million times this year like that's just almost like an unfathomable number sometimes to think about so 
we're extremely grateful of the fact that we've got people that that care enough about us and the music to you know listen to it that that much it's, it's incredible also nancy's dinner parties have been going on <laughs> yeah i think i think this is why such a surplus. Man, <laughs> Nancy goes hard. She she followed you. She followed Connor and was like, oh, "He's got a new band. Guys, I'm digging this we sound too. Let's this go. is good." I don't think you understand either. Nancy is now going to be a forever inside joke to us. Like that will never go away. I can't. From, from I, Nancy, if you're listening, you're not a joke to us. Yeah, you are, no, you're an inspiration. And Nancy, yeah. if you're listening, please be as dedicated to my show as you are to Connor's <laughs> music. Please, <laughs> Mike. I can only hope that Nancy is still listening to our show. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, that was like one of the most, the, probably my favorite thing I've ever found while researching a person coming onto this show. Like I was going through their stuff, go on Amazon, find his album on Amazon. And there's a comment from Nancy E that's like, oh yeah, I jam on this. I jam on this <laughs> at my dinner parties. And I was just like, What? Who is Nancy? So funny. I want to hang out with Nancy. Uh, right. Man, I hope I and I I hope Mobrich still use that as an inside joke. If they don't, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to comment on one of their next like Instagram posts and be like Nancy loves your <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, okay, next on the list we got March 17th show uh Bumpin' Uglies. Lead singer Brandon Hardesty was on the show. He's a super nice guy, too. Uh, Bumpin' Ugly sort of like a reggae-esque band out of Maryland. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Maryland, watch out. Two poisonous snakes. Just keep that in mind. Uh, when I was getting ready for the interview, though, I watched another interview he had done where he talked about getting pulled over by the police. And when I heard the story, I was like, I got to... I gotta ask him about this. So let's take a listen to the clip. Spe speaking of touring, though, you guys you guys have toured a bunch, and I heard you tell a story about touring. You guys were coming back from California. Your drive back through a police checkpoint in El Paso. They get you outside of the van. They've got dogs checking the van, and you saved the band. How did you save the band? Hmm. It was the fart that saved the tour. <laughs> we had just stopped for dinner. And uh, yeah, I, I just like was standing out there and it was dead silence. And you could you could cut the tension with a knife, man. I had a fart <laughs> and I just I let it I let it let it rip and it was super audible and loud. And like everybody it went from silence to everyone just like how laughing and then the cops were like, All right, get out of here. <laughs> Like the, the cops are laughing, we're laughing, everyone's laughing. It was, it was, oh it was man, that I mean, and you like just just if you hadn't done that, you guys could have been like in jail potentially. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah, El Paso, El Paso jails are no joke, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, comical power of farting, Mike. <laughs> the comic like save them from getting arrested. Arrested. Would you ever think about doing that? Like, so I was thinking about it. He broke the cop's character. Yeah. And when he, if you can break your, the cop's character and make them happy. That's true. That's what, that's what you're doing. That's you true. Get out of a traffic stop.
Like, I mean, I feel like if you did that with Craig Rowland from our story earlier, you'd, you'd end up getting shot in the face. But, I <laughs> mean, like, it, it's true, Maybe. though. He got him to laugh, and it was just like, oh, I can't keep up with this. We're going to arrest you thing. <laughs> Get out of here. Like, just, I like, I never would have, I, I would have, I would have tried to pass it silently, and then I would end up in jail in El Paso. <laughs> That's what would have happened. I would have ended up in smelly gel because of my fart. Anyways, uh, let's fast forward to April 7th with Upsol. Uh, super nice. She's killing the game. She's, uh, I think she's 24? 23? Hmm. Young lady out in LA just killing the game. Killing it on Spotify. She's got almost 4 million monthly listeners now. She just keeps on increasing. She's got a, a, a song out there with Black Bear. Just working with all the big names. Yes! Um, but when I was interviewing her, I noticed a lot of her songs revolve around sexuality. So true. So mm -hmm. I had to ask her. I was like, does it ever get weird around your family? Like, let's uh, take a listen to the clip. Yeah. You know, you mentioned it with drugs, uh, and it, it it made me think of the same thing because you were like, oh, should I put out a song that is talking about this? And I, I've talked to a couple comedians that had this issue. Like, they make a whole stand-up routine, you know, about something awkward like having sex and then their parents mm. come to the show and it's really awkward have have you ever felt like that with any of your music that you were like oh oh hey dad that's yeah that's my song like does <laughs> is it does that ever happen or are you just like hey it's art shut up and listen um yeah i mean with drugs my parents are like okay like what but i'm i'm also like dad you like grew up touring in the punk world like come on <laughs> um but i remember when i told my parents about good in bed i like i really remember they were visiting la and we were in my car and i played but they hadn't heard the song before but i was like dua lipa is singing the song that i wrote or whatever and i played it with my then boyfriend in the car like with my family it was the most awkward three minutes of my life like i didn't think about it before i hit play uh, and then i was like oh my like when can i get out of this car that was intense but no i'm very supportive and like um very chilled on my music so i'm so lucky for Yes, yes that's uh good lord that would be a nightmare for me i would just uh mike if you wrote a song called good in bed <laughs> Would you play it for your parents? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how, how big the show was. Um, <laughs> well, oh, yeah. In the car, though. She played it for him in the car. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would. My parents are pretty uh They're fine with it? They don't care? Yeah. Oh, God. It just is weird, though. It's just, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things I'm just like, I mean, ooh. ooh yeah. Just, you know, I was... I was thinking though, this is why when you're in a creative pursuit, yeah. any kind of art, you shouldn't yeah. invite and you're like doing shows or, you know, you shouldn't family. invite anybody, family, friends, close no. people for the first like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Five to 10 years. No, um, there, there, there's great, there's great uh, uh, Nick Swartzen stand up. Where he talks about where he talks about uh, he was doing a show and his mom brought his grandmother and he didn't know his grandmother was in the the audience and he did this jo uh, sh uh, joke about off <laughs> and uh, and he uh, he sees his grandma after the show and he's talking to his mom he's like oh my god 
you didn't tell me grandma was coming. She's like, he's like, what, what did she say about the, the off joke? And she's like, oh, she couldn't hear too well. So I just told her it was a joke about shooting dice. And she bought it. The sweet, sweet lady bought it. And I was just like, oh, man. That is so, but like, oh, God, horrible, though. Like, so you're funny. 23 and you got to play that. I'd be like, oh, no, that was the co writer I was with. They told me that they wanted to write. Like, just, ugh, no, awkward, awkward. Mike, uh, let's fast forward. May 26, we've got Missio on the show. These guys, Missio, uh, sort of like an electronic music group uh, out of Austin, Texas. Like, you, the, just in general, they're, they're, they're like a fish out of water. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Texas electronic, you're like, really? In yeah. Houston. That's weird. But these guys are just an interesting group in a lot of ways. And uh, one of the ways they seemed uh, very unique was that they do, like, everything themselves. So I had to ask him about it. Let's uh, take a listen to the clip. And, you know, I found it interesting. You guys signed with RCA, which is, is part of Sony BMG, you know, massive label before you release Loner. And, you know, even though you're part of that label, you guys seem very independent as far as that music creation, band control everything i mean case in point when you know i was setting up this interview normally i'm talking to a manager a publicist an agent there's like five people that go back around like i don't know if we can make that work but, uh. <laughs> yeah. and, and then like when i when i email you guys all of a sudden it's it's matt and he's like yeah we can do that oh wow <laughs> yeah. that was easy like do you, do you guys find it important to control those things in your career Important is such an understatement. It and should always yeah. be that easy, my man. Like, always. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. we were kind of naive. And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we'll let tons of people speak and have control. And this is their jobs. They're really good at it. They must know what they're doing. It's like, oh, no, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and, and the only people that actually care, like, actually care about the things that we care about are us. And so it's like, well... I mean, after wrong answer or after wrong answer, it's like, well, that's not what we would have done. That's not what we would have done. We had to learn the lesson that I think a lot of smart artists are learning, which is that you have to own your stuff. You've got yeah. to be the ones making the decisions. We don't live in, in a world where it is like music's made like it was in the 70s where there's giant record budgets and there's tons of like just like excess to go around it's about yeah it's about being an artist knowing what you have to say and being able to like being wear creative. being creative and wear, wear a lot of hats and manage your business you know now mike this to me seems like the right idea yeah definitely like like as many artists that i talked on the show it seems to me like always the independent artists are always the best off financially mm -hmm. and the happiest like yeah they just seem so much better off and literally this was one of the easiest interviews i ever set up with with missio like it was so weird like because normally it's like i said in the clip like i email somebody and it gets passed off from their manager to the publicist. And then the publicist passes it off to a bigger bigger publishing subsidiary. And then they are all CC'd on the email. And they go back and forth. And they're like, well, we're not doing any press for 
this right now. I don't know if they can come on for this. I don't know. Mm. And I'm just like, good Lord. With Missio, I emailed and was like, you know, did a normal spiel of like, hey, could you come on the show? Blah, blah, blah. Love it. And, uh, and I get an email back the next day from Matt, the lead singer, who was just like, yeah, do you want to do it like this week or start <laughs> next week? What works for you? And that was literally it. And I was just yeah. like, oh, wow, this is way, way easier. Like, mm-hmm. just so much better. And they seem like such such genuine guys. Really had a good time with Missio. Uh, have you ever heard of their uh, heard any of their tunes, Mike? Um, unfortunately, no, but I'm going to tell you, hit them up, hit them up. I think it would be your cup of tea. I think knowing some of your, your past choices, you've told Mm. me of, of your, of your music. I think you'd really dig them. Mm. I think, I think it'd be good. I I dig them. Uh, but then again, my tastes, uh, go over all genres. I'm, I I have no choice. I'm the same way. I love all music. I love all music. Amen. Amen. Well, speaking of all music. Uh, sure, sure is the next clip I want to do. Sure, sure is fantastic. They get branded sometimes, sort of as like almost yacht rock sometimes. Mm. Uh, but they're fantastic. That was your first show, as I mentioned before, July fourteenth. Uh, they're a great band out of L.A. Uh, Chris had some kittens he was trying to give away, and I actually on that show offered them a home. So true. Uh, but apparently my parent skills weren't necessary because he didn't call me back to take one of his kittens. So sad. Sad. But (laughs) the reason I brought up the clip of them was because I got to talk about Norm MacDonald, which was fantastic. Play Mm -hmm. the clip. I I got to, you know, I may be horrible at drums, but one thing I'm good at is not (laughs) rolling my ankle. What? That's one. (laughs) I am, I am very, my ankles are very pliable. I can just roll them right. Like I, I played basketball all high school, and I could just roll it right over in running shoes while playing and be fine, and just keep. And, oh my God. Yeah, and that was you know it's. I mean it's a horrible superpower, but it's my superpower. So there you go. You're, you're like a rubber rubber man. Yeah. Or- you know, I, I, I was about to say, I'm uh, Mr. It, Mr. Fantastic was the one that was really flexible, oh, okay. right? I think. It, it's I think. not Rubber Man. <laughs> there's actually a there's a Norm McDonald. That was the first time. There's a Norm McDonald stand-up where he, he he does that. Basically, he act he gets four guys acting like they're or four people acting like they're the Fantastic Four, and him introducing his name as Mr. Fantastic, and they're like, should shouldn't it be like Mr. Flexible? He's like, no, it's Mr. Fantastic, and they're like, but that's that's not what you do. You're you're like, how about like Rubber Band Man? No, no, it's Mr. Fantastic. That's my name. So, yeah, so good. Yeah, so I'm, I love I love Norm's uh, bit on the uh, those like celebrity roasts that Comedy Central used to do. Yeah, I I love when Norm Macdonald gets up there and like anti roasts everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Norm. Uh, as the listeners know, is one of my favorites of all time. I love Norm. He's uh, and, uh, that was literally two months before Norm passed away, Mike. Um, yeah, really sad. Yeah, I brought this up with Joe List too, and I was gonna I was gonna play that clip because I uh, Joe got to tour with Norm a couple of times. Uh, yeah, he he did a couple of uh, 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 tours with him, uh, and when Norm passed away, he posted a text from Norm at the start of the pandemic. Joe Liss posted it on his Instagram, and it said, 
Joe, I wanted to check in uh, with you during these troubling days to see how you're handling it all. And then Joe responded, I'm doing okay. It's definitely freaky, but trying to take it one day at a time. I have had $1,000 worth of gigs canceled, but probably for the best, I guess. Then Norm responded, you had the entire year canceled? <laughs> that was it. So that, he said, said Norman two text. Norman two text. And uh, it's it, and for the listeners, you know, uh, they know. They know I'm a huge fan of Norm. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite uh, comedians of all time. He's definitely he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of comedians. And and to the listeners, don't think I didn't try to get him on the show. I've I've got the email from his agent back in two uh, in July 2019 where he turned me down to be on the show. Mm. But uh, you know, I obviously he was fighting cancer for several years. Yeah. I'm guessing that was one of the main reasons he didn't do really any publicity. But uh, yeah, I I had to bring Norm into the year end somehow because I'm just such a fan. Yeah. You're a fan. You're a fan. Oh, right, huge fan. First time I ever like out loud laughed at a movie was um, his movie. Uh, Dirty Work. Dirty Work. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was laughing at. It was so funny. I was I was really young when I watched that movie. But I, I, I died laughing. His, his delivery, man. Yeah. His delivery is like nobody else's. He has no fear of a, uh, of a bo- uh, joke bomb. No. Like, none. It's amazing. Like, it's so... and I mean, it's so overplayed now that he passed away, but the Conan clip where he does the moth joke, and it seems like the whole time he's bumbling through this joke that you're like, good Lord, he's screwing up this whole thing. What is he doing? And then at the end, it's this such a simple line of the moth is attracted to the light, and he delivers it flawlessly and you're just like all of that all of that lead up everybody feeling awkward everything going on and he wasn't drawn away from it at all he was just no way. went straight to, oh man so awesome norm fantastic yes! all right on to another legend but in a different field september 8th we had david ferguson on on the show david ferguson a grammy grammy winning engineer uh, producer and musician. This guy uh, recorded Johnny Cash for 20 years. Most of, the, of that time, Fergie uh, was working for the famous Nashville producer Cowboy Jack. So in the uh, clip, I got to ask Fergie if he remembers the first time he met Johnny Cash. Uh, play play the clip. Now, Now, do you remember the first time that you met Johnny Cash when you are working there? I do. Um, Jack had bought this um, <laughs> this fancy exercise bicycle that you <laughs> clip this thing on your ear and it keep up with your heartbeat. Uh-huh. And it was in his bed. It was in his bedroom. Jack wasn't in the building, and Johnny showed up over there, and I was in that in that bedroom doing something. And Johnny said, "Johnny said, hmm, who's he going to hire to ride that?'" I turned around, it was Johnny. And then that was the first time I ever met him, you know. Yeah. So I I just found it funny, Mike, that a producer of country music in the seventies named Cowboy Jack bought an exercise bike. 
<laughs> like that was like when I listened back to that uh, that clip, I was like. Really? Word. Seems like a dude that would go outside and like chop some wood for exercise. Like, right. Not put a headband on and crank a few miles out on his Peloton. Like, it's just <laughs> sort of weird. But it's such a funny thing to think of Johnny Cash, the man in black, just standing in some bedroom and this David Ferguson, this young dude in 1978 being like, yeah, it's his. This is exercise bike. Like, how weird of a thing. Like, that just, I mean, just being associated with Johnny Cash in that way has to be weird. You ever? Yeah. Have you ever met anybody like that famous in a, like, a normal setting? Like, I don't even know what I'd do. Um, I think it was pretty wild meeting Tom Green mm. after being a fan of his for so many years. And then, uh, and then, yeah, just like, I spent the whole morning with him, and um, that was pretty surreal. Yeah. Uh, after a while, you get used to it, but like at first, it's um, still yeah, it's, it's very... just it's just weird because you're yeah. you're so used to that other setting of them of that yeah, you know the screen looking through them yeah through the media presence and then all of a sudden yeah. they're just sitting there and you're like oh kind of like CGI for in real person. life yeah yeah like like it's I weird. I honestly. Michael Jordan, if that ha I don't know what I would do. It would take yeah. me at least like a couple of weeks to like him to become a person in front of me instead of Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd just be like I I would scream like a little 5-year-old girl and pass out. That's uh, I've said that multiple times. That was what would happen. If I mean and and to a degree, you know, for Fergie, that's a little bit the way Johnny Cash was. Like, yeah. And you're just seeing this dude looking at an exercise bike, and you're like, mm -hmm. what? This is, huh? That's crazy. Just wonder if Johnny Cash is aware of his own, like, fame effect on people, like, after so many years in the business. But I guess I in the, at 78, I guess he would have still been. Well, at that time, he was sort of dwindling because that's the interesting okay. thing about Johnny is that, like, he fluctuated. Like, in the 50s and 60s, super famous. Then in the 70s and 80s, basically dropped off. And then when yeah. Rick Rubin started uh, started producing his last stuff, he got really famous again right before he, he died. So, like, uh, yeah, it's sort of, you know, at that time, I guess, I guess it was a little in between. But... Mm -hmm. um, Anyways, let's move on. Listeners are well aware. I essentially pretty much ask every guest where I should eat in their hometown. Pretty much a guarantee, mm -hmm. just because I want to have a list, sort of like diners, drive-ins, and dives, that if I ever mm -hmm. go to another city, I can be like, you know what? I know the perfect place to eat. And usually I get some pretty good answers, but I don't think I've ever got a better answer than Mark Broussard. I think he may have had the best answer I've ever received. Let's let's play the clip. Now now I I've never been to Lafayette. If I come to Lafayette and uh and I call you up and I say, "Hey Mark, never been here. I need a good place to eat." Obviously, ton of places. What what would oh, be brother. what would be one of your top places that you say you got to try this out? I'll give you two. Okay. I'll give you two. For breakfast, I, in my opinion, there is no better breakfast dish on planet Earth. It's a place called the French Crest, downtown Lafayette. French Crest, all right. The French Crest, there are two things that you got to get. There's a, a biscuit called the Sweet Baby Breezes, 
Mm. It's just a, a little maple biscuit covered in cane syrup, and it's got what's called a boudin patty. Mm. For those that don't know, boudin is is like a rice dressing. It's a pork rice dressing. So it's all the gizzards and livers and all that stuff with the pork yeah, mixed into a rice and then put into a sausage casing. You, typically, you find it at it, most of the gas stations around here. It, they sell it by the link, mm-hmm. and it's delicious. It's it's an incredible thing. Well, this guy takes it out of the out of the sausage casing, makes a little patty, and puts it on a biscuit. Mm. It's fantastic. Mm. And yeah. then for your your actual entree, you got to get the Cajun Benedict, Ooh. which is a traditional eggs Benedict uh, with French bread instead of English muffin, uh-huh. French bread, two slices. Then there's a boudin patty on each of those slices. Then there's cheese and then the poached eggs. And both of those are set in a bowl of chicken and sausage gumbo. Whoa. Whoa. It's, it's phenomenal. Man. It'll knock you in the dirt. Man. Yeah. And then you can add fried shrimp and fried oysters. Too, <laughs> and I'll suggest it. It sounds, sounds like I would be moving slow the rest of the day you, after that. Oh yes, brother. This is a a, a day ender of a meal. <laughs> and then for lunch, if you got room for lunch, if you if you can stand it, maybe the next a, day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a fantastic spot right down the road, right around the corner from the French Press, downtown Lafayette, called Pops Po' Boys. Mm. That I think is just outstanding. They have the best Po' Boys I've ever had. In fact, the first time my wife and I ever went there. We got their shrimp po' boy. It's called the Delcom Dandy, mm. and and we we sat in our car. The guy also bottles his own soda. He calls Ooh. it Swamp Pop. Nice. My wife got the uh, the Satsuma Fizz, and I got the root beer. Mm. And we both sat in our car eating our shrimp po' boy silently. And and about four or five bites in, we kind of look over at each other. <laughs> And we both were getting teared up, man. I'm not even joking. I'm not even kidding. We were both getting... It was like nostalgia. It was like the first shrimp po' boy you ever tasted when you were a five-year-old kid, you know, after playing at the baseball park all day. And you didn't realize how hungry you were until you took that first bite. Man. It was it was nostalgia on tap, man. It's, it's an amazing sandwich. I I can honestly say I've never had a meal, Mike that has made me cry. It was so good. <laughs> like, I did not expect him to say that at all. Like, I thought he was going to say, like, we we stopped talking and we just looked at, like, <laughs> but n- teared up from this yeah. sandwich. Like, yeah. that's impressive. They It took them back to their five-year-old taste sensory input. You know? It took them back in time. I mean, I still I, I don't even know if that would do it to me. Like, I if it's out there though, I want to find it. I want to find mm-hmm. that meal that makes me weep. Like Sweet Baby Breezes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Also, I will say, uh, if I had both of those places that he mentioned, the French Press and then Pops Po Boys, um, I wouldn't be able to move for like two weeks. Yeah. Like, It'd be tough. Does not sound like light meals at either place. It's not no. eating and light. Pops Po' Boys, not light meals. Great follow on Instagram, oh, by the yeah. way. I followed them after that show. Oh, yeah. Good good food porn follow. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like, when you, when you haven't eaten a meal... <laughs> 
and all of a sudden you go on Instagram and you see their their sub of the week and you're just like, uh-huh. oh yeah. And it's like there's there's <laughs> one they had a, a po boy of chicken parmesan one week. Yeah. And then they were like, add pepperoni for an extra uh, extra oh kick. And I was just like, what? Oh my god! I Great if I idea. lived near your restaurant, I would weigh eight hundred pounds. I would. I would never leave the studio. Nope. I would <laughs> fill the whole studio with Pops Po' Boys and eat until I passed out. Ew. Anyways, last on the list, uh, we've got a fantastic clip here from our Thanksgiving special. Fantastic as always with Mason Jennings. You're a fan of Mason's music for a long time. Uh, we relived a lot of Mason's career, and it's still one of my mm-hmm. favorite things. We talked about when he had just made his first demo, and he was giving it out to friends that he worked with. Let's uh, play the clip. I also I also wanted to mention, I love, uh, you, you were talking about this as far as once you had made your debut album and you were giving it out, uh, and you gave it out to some of the people uh, that you worked with. You worked at a uh, restaurant at the time that you were coming out with this debut album. You gave it to the waiters and the, the hostesses and whatnot, and they came back a couple of weeks later and like, hey, you know what? I sort of like that, like a, like a <laughs> yeah. real artist, like a real musician. Yeah. And I just, I, I love that because I don't know how many artists I've heard from that that they think that person thought they were giving you a compliment. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am an artist. That's what I did. That's it's this. Like, it's, I mean, That's did funny. you, do you have a lot of that starting off as far as just sort of that frustrating people not seeing you in that light? Oh, and I still do. I mean, anytime you, in our culture, you know, the United States, if you say you're a musician, people roll their eyes. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, they just go, oh, great. You're that dude that pulls out the guitar and annoys everybody <laughs> at the party. Or, you know, like, it's, it's it's weird. It's like most people just have disdain for, for musicians, you know, in general. Yeah. And um, it's funny. And then I just think like, yeah, I have, to, I have to go like, oh, you know, you can check out my records. And, and, and it's like, luckily now it's, we have like Spotify and stuff or YouTube and I can say, say my name and they'll go check it out. Yeah. Whereas in the past, if I would just say, yeah, I'm a musician, they'd be like, oh, yeah, buddy. Like, I guess because you don't want a real job and all that. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's yeah, it is, it's definitely weird, too, as far as the self-promotion. Like, you can't promote oh, yourself yeah. too hard, but you can't not say anything. There's this fine line of having to be like, yeah, I play music. Here it is, but don't listen to it. You don't have to listen to it. Don't look at it. It's it's like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 very odd. That's huge, actually. Yeah. Oh man, that is honestly, and we talked about it, Mike. We talked about it on that show. Like, I just I don't know what it is about promoting yourself that's just so weird. And yeah, people that you know not accepting what you do. Like, it's just. It's one of those things like I know on the show, like literally I no longer tell anybody about my radio show. Like not at all. Really? No, because if I do, it's like anti, like, like it's literally like, I'm like, yeah, I got a radio show. It, they literally will not let like out of, out of spite. They're like, I'm not listening. It's not happening. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like, so I, like, do the opposite. I literally am like, you know what? Uh, if they find out, I'm like, never listen to my show. Don't do it. 
do not listen to my show. <laughs> Please don't listen to my show. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is, but, like, people, if they have already seen you as one thing, they can't see you as another thing. Yeah, and they if can't. You, if, Why not? If you promote yourself as that thing, they're just like... <laughs> Even less. <laughs> Whatever. Even less respect. Yeah, like, just, it's crazy. And, like, I just, I somehow, when he brought that story up in that video, like... I just I transported myself into his body and I was just so angry. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I am an artist, you turds. This is my <laughs> life right here. Like I feel like too just the, like my spiteful side, like I would have like had to go back to those people after I had sold like 500,000 copies of that album and been like, hey, guess what? Remember how I was sort of an artist, like a real artist? Guess what? 500,000 copies. Gold album, turds. <laughs> That's me. Like, just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, Mike, a fantastic year. Am I right? Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic guest. Can't wait to have a whole bunch, at least 50 more of those next year. Uh, but mm -hmm. right now we're going to take a break. This is the Irie who we had on the show March 10th. This is their single Never Alone right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G show. You just heard the Irie summing up the 2021 shows, guys. Fantastic. I am already working on some great guests coming up for the show. I've got three here in January. Woo doggies. They're going to be some good ones. That's right. If I can get them locked in, we've got a return guest, one of my favorite guests that we've had ever on the show. We've got a new musician, and we've got a fantastic comedian, all potentially lined up for January. I can't wait. But first, Mike, before we uh, uh, wrap up the show for the year, we need to hit our last two birthday suits. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, uh, these birthday suits, again, like I said, I don't think you're going to get either two of these. Nope. If you didn't get Megan Trainer, I'm, I'm uh, less confident in these two. <laughs> okay. So the first one, uh, born December 22nd, 1944 hmm. in Miami, Florida. Okay. Which I did not know that he was born and raised in Miami, Florida. He loved baseball growing up. Somehow... Uh, when he was in middle school, this was an interesting aside that I actually saw on two uh, different websites. He got interested in meditation and greatness through meditation. Hmm. Which I was just like, really? A dude in the late 50s was like, yes, the yogi spirit. Woke. In Miami? Weird. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, while in high school, he pitched for his high school team, ultimately caught the interest of Miami-Dade College. While he was uh, a student at Miami-Dade co College, he signed a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. He started pitching for the Cardinals minor league team in 1964, and then in 1965, he started pitching for the actual St. Louis Cardinals. He gained the nickname Lefty because he threw left-handed. They weren't that good with nicknames back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or at least they just didn't have that many. They were like, well, nobody's taking Lefty yet. It's pretty unique. Let's go with that. Lefty ended up having an incredible baseball career, 23 years in the major leagues until 1988. Over that time, he played six different teams. He was a two-time World Series champion, a four-time Cy Young Award winner, a ten-time All-Star, a triple crown winner, a Golden Glove winner, a five-time strikeout leader, and his fourth overall in strikeouts in a career. Lastly, just a side note, he didn't talk to the media at all from 1974 until the end of his career. Hmm. Wow. Refused to talk to him. It was weird. Name that birthday suit wearer. Guessing here, obviously, uh, Nolan Ryan. Oh, close. He's number one on the list. Really? That's number one on the strikeouts. Oh, yeah. okay. Nolan Ryan, then Randy, uh, uh, Randy, what is his last name? Can't re I can't remember his last name. Uh, anyways, and then this guy, Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton is fourth on the list. There Steve you go. Steve Carlton. Ever heard of Steve? No. <laughs> uh, that that was one of my brother's first like big baseball card purchases. Ah. When he, when my brother was a super young buck, he bought a Steve Carlton card that was like thirty five dollars. 
which you know, of course, was insane when you were like yeah, ten, yeah, yeah. ten years sure. old. You're <laughs> like, could could anything be worth this much, you guys? This is pirate treasure right here. My Seriously. God. Um, but yeah, that's the one reason why Steve Carlton is seared in my mind. I remember that Steve Carlton baseball card, and it was in one of the serious uh, card cases. Like the ones that you had to screw on the sides. Yeah, those are legit. It was the hard, the hard case. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Bigger, like they were like tall. Yeah, super thick, awesome. super awesome. tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Uh, Steve Carlton still living. Obviously, he lives out in Durango, Colorado. Hmm. Uh, apparently, he's a pretty weird dude. Uh, he just lives on a a, a fruit farm. He's got hmm. like 150 fruit trees. And he doesn't have TV, and he says he doesn't follow baseball at all. So Interesting. Yeah, he's a pretty out there. And apparently back in 94, I saw this. Apparently in 94, he did this interview for one magazine, and uh, that dude, he was into some conspiracies back in the 94. Mm. He had some, some crazy out there ideas, and I was like, eh. Might be a good thing that you're living out in Durango by yourself. <laughs> uh, but anyways, regardless, happy birthday to Steve Carlton. Uh, turning, what would that be? Fif- 77. Hmm. 77 for Steve Carlton. Uh, okay, Mike. The second one, again, probably not going to get. But we're going to give okay. it a shot. We'll see. Born in Douglas on the Isle of Man, December 22nd, 1949. Do you know the Isle of Man, Mike? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tiny island between Ireland and England. If you zoom in on the channel between the two, there's this little island, and that's hmm. the Isle of Man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, our birthday suit wearer's dad was a drummer, instilled a love of music in all of his four sons. The brothers were always playing music together. In 1955, they formed the band The Rattlesnakes. In 1958, their family moved to Queensland, Australia, and they reformed the band but changed their name to The Bee Gees. They had some success, but not a huge amount. Uh, during the 60s. Then in 1969, our birthday suit wearer announced that he was leaving his brothers and starting a solo career. He released a song that went up to number two on the charts, which was called Saved by the Bell. In 1970, they announced that the Bee Gees were back together. They had their first U.S. hit, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, in 1970. In 1978, the band performed the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, which ended up having four top singles with How Deep Is Your Love, More Than a Woman, Staying Alive, and You Should Be Dancing. Yes! In 1982, our birthday suit uh, wear released another solo album. Then in 1984, another solo album. Sadly, our birthday suit wear passed away in 2012 due to cancer. But by the time he passed away, he had already been inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and held multiple honorary doctorate degrees. Name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the, the singer's <laughs> name. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe you'd get the their last name. Yeah, I thought nah. maybe. Have you heard the Gibbs? Their last name's the Gibbs. Nah. Robin Gibb. Robin, Robin Gibbs. Gibbs. Yes. 
Happy birthday. Yes, indeed. The the Bee Gees, man. I like the music, though. Music's Man, great. in the 70s, you, you couldn't get much bigger than, than the Bee Gees there at the end of the 70s. My God. Yeah. Were they, were they some popular fellas? They you couldn't were, get more seventies than the Bee Gees. I mean, they, they were more it just more disco. Like, yeah, yeah, more disco. More disco. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, as we've mentioned on the show, with my uh, uh, playlist pubes, they are seventies, <laughs> but they're not my quintessential seventies. Uh, I love the Bee Gees. Don't get me wrong. Now, Robin was actually one of the uh, one of the uh, twins. There were uh, uh, Robin and Maurice were twins. And then you had Barry, and Barry and Robin uh, got in fights a lot of times. They argued a lot, but uh, you know, at uh, at Robin's funeral, uh, Barry talked about that and how he was like, "Hey, it doesn't matter. You see, you see now, it shouldn't have mattered. If you got a person that you have a fight with, you make up right now. You make up." Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah. That was his final words, you know. That is Barry. Barry getting it out there, but uh, nonetheless, let's see. Uh, Robin would have been uh, seventy-two today. Seventy-two mm. cut cut short because of yeah. the old cancer, man. It's out there. You gotta watch out. Uh, anyways, wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> stay safe, folks. Uh, it has been a fantastic twenty twenty-one. A great year for the Doc G Show. Super happy to have you guys listening. Stick around for next year on 2022. Like I said, it's going to be a fantastic year. So, uh, until next year, guys. Not until next week. Until next year. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus Charette. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. This has been a great year. Great Great uh, year. Yeah, great times. We hope to continue it, Mike. We hope to continue the times, keep them rolling, and someday, Mm -hmm. maybe someday, another aspiring host can be talking about me like I was talking about Joe Rogan and be like, you know what? (laughs) That guy, Ben Gordon, he seems like a real turd. I wouldn't want to talk to that guy. He (laughs) hates commercials. Why does he hate commercials so much? And he hates guys that go to Chipotle and storm storm out because of peppers. What's that all about? Hey, right? justified. Justified. I feel, I feel like that is justified. <laughs> Anyways, guys, until next year, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.